face. I'll be back. They know its mission. But there's one thing they don't know. This time, there are two. Terminator 2. Hasta la vista, baby. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2. Judgment Starts Wednesday, July 3rd at a theater near you. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the host to the left, Ron Avis, your rental king. And I hope you've had a really, really good time since the last time, whenever that was. And I'm here to talk about a movie, a summer movie, a summer blockbuster to kind of put a cap on that little uh, series that we were doing of summer blockbusters. Uh, I wanted to talk to my co-host, the one from the north, the one who's going to need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle, Adam Peterson. What we love a dub dub. That's my catchphrase. <laughs> That's catchphrase. Oh man! So how how surprised are you at the, this pick right here? Uh, I'm I'm happy because I have indeed seen this movie. Okay, good. Um, I was like, there there was a part of me that was at least, I was like, maybe like 70, 30 excited for the possibility that just somehow whatever you picked, I hadn't seen <laughs> and was just going to completely wing everything. I mean, the odds are were so, so minuscule that that would actually happen because we are talking about... Um, blockbusters, right? So these yes. are supposedly movies that many people have seen, and uh, I think um, I think I dropped it one hint only in that it was a '90s blockbuster. I think that yes. was the only thing I shared with you. And uh, for those who are just like, "What's going on? Why why are they acting like this?" Uh, this is sort of like our like little fun uh, play on format. This is like an like sort of like a fireside chat, I guess is like what you like to call it. I love where, the idea of the fireside chat. Yeah, so instead of um, picking a movie, announcing what the movie's going to be, and then spending a whole week or so uh, jotting down notes, wrapping your brain around things you might like to say about a movie, and then bringing it to the table for the recording, uh, this time we just said, well, we're going to record on on X date. And uh, I, I gave you the choice. You want me to tell you moments before or not at all? And you were like... Let's do it not at all. Yep. <laughs> Just shooting from the hip. Yeah. Because in our last episode for Jurassic Park, uh, that, that's kind of what I guess gave you the idea is we were going to, we were all set to do a show. Yes. And I'd prepared for a show. And then I don't even know why, but somehow like we were just sort of, you know, texting and yeah. uh, I had said, well, let's just do that. And let's just, you know, pick this movie. And uh, you were, you know, I was like, do you have a movie in mind? And you were like Jurassic Park. So like I knew, but even then I had like an hour, hour and a half or so to kind of like think about it a little bit. Yes. 
you're playing at complete uh, disadvantage. You total, are the away team. Total blindness. <laughs> I walked in with no, I was like, all right, fingers crossed I've seen it and can speak on it intelligently. Yes, that was your one thing. It's like, can I speak to this intelligently? And in my brain, I'm like, I jeez, I would think so. Because yes. even though I've never specifically heard you talk about this movie a bunch, like some other movies that I know are favorites of yours, like this is not one of those movies that frequently comes up when we talk about movies together. Uh, how, but how I do great, know you've seen it. How was great like would it be if this, is, if this was the moment you were finding out that I had never seen Terminator 2. I was like, well, I'm familiar with it, but I just never got around to it. Just, oh, gosh. Is that the case? <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've seen, I've seen oh, okay, this one. Okay. Yes. So that's not How many times have you seen it? Uh, I've probably seen this movie uh, four or five times in my life. Okay. That, that's, a, that's a decent amount for sure. Yeah. Uh, for me, this movie, and it's... I, you know, I was like, what, what kind of blockbuster could I pick? One that we doesn't get a ton of love and maybe wouldn't normally get selected, you know, with themes. But when I think of summer blockbusters, this definitely is one of the first ones that pops into my head. The Terminator 2, which I would argue is probably the best sequel ever made. Uh, in, in terms of just pure like sequel. I mean, that that's a, to me in my mind, that's sort of throwing out anything from the MCU because, I mean, it's just all sequels at this point. Everything just sort of, you know, uh, just just like one like thing builds off the next, you know. But in a time when, and in the in 90s had a lot of sequels. Like, there were tons and tons of sequels. It was a very sequel-happy decade. Yeah. Um, now, nowadays, it's more about the reboots and the, and the, and the uh, remakes, reimaginings they they took they took the idea of a sequel and they kind of they juiced it up because now everybody's concern isn't just can we make this into a second movie everybody wants yeah even from the first iteration of something everybody's talking about franchises can we set up a franchise can we set up a universe we need a universe yeah everybody needs a universe now it's like oh wow that's kind of and even though that even though that so many times they've tried rebooting this franchise and, and, and you know, like coming up with a new film in the series, there's been a, a TV show. Uh, this was the pinnacle, I, in my yeah. mind, and I'm sure in the minds of most people. Uh, I, know, I know that 3 has its fans, and um, the, everyone pretty much right after that, it's just sort of a crapshoot. Like there was Salvation, which was, to me, a letdown. Uh, then you had Dark Fate, Genesis. There's there's just a bunch of them, and they all have like little elements of things that I like. But the overall movie in the story uh, just never really come close to the to the heightened levels that of Terminator Two that was released uh, on July third, I believe. I, I don't want to just completely toss aside our housekeeping because we yes. do like to do that. Um. Yeah, well, it was 4th of July weekend. I will say that. It was 4th of July weekend of 1991. Um, had a budget of $100 million, which is really big, uh, considering 1991 $91, yeah, that was, yeah. That was big. Uh, the gross domestic, uh, it doubled that, 205 Nice. Uh, had a worldwide of a half a billion, which is impressive. It's pretty impressive for 91. It Very, very. It had an opening weekend. Of uh, right around thirty-two million, which you know I'm sure was record-breaking at the time. Yeah. Um, but this 
this movie directed by James Cameron, who actually directed the original too, just speaks to me so much. Like there's, there's, you know, like I talk about to you a lot of times, I'll say kind of Batman 89 and Jurassic Park. Like both of those movies sort of unlocked doors in my mind of like how movies could be. Yeah. Just, just, you know, state of the art, no one's seen anything like it. And, if you do like a connect, like if you do a bar graph right towards the top is Jurassic park. And then it's kind of been like a slow, very fun ride, but a decline as far as things that just have blown me away since then. T2, like if, if, if those two are ends of a bridge, T2 kind of connects that bridge because it is close as far as, you know, a movie that just really left an impression on me. Like, Terminator 2 was massive for me. I had like poster. I had the poster of Arnold with all black and he's sort of like got the, he's holding the gun and he's on the motorcycle and it's monochrome. Basically there's really no color in it, but you know, and he's got that kind of that expression that he mastered that robotic expression. And you know, he's got the shades on and it just has like that metallic font, the T2 or whatever. And I I just love that thing. I, I, I remember, uh, going back even further, uh, you know, we'd mentioned teaser trailers and how Jurassic Park did such a good job uh, sort of implementing a teaser, not just giving you a little taste. And T2 T, uh, was very similar to that. I remember going to see Total Recall in theaters the summer of 1990. And, uh, you know, at that point, Arnold Schwarzenegger was just really starting to lift off, I feel like, to become one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Yeah. He was always popular as Conan, Conan, and uh, you know he was in some comedies like Twins. Like he was, he always had a nice career. He had steady. stuff going on in the eighties, but the nineties, Commando, yeah, yeah, the nineties is really when I think he hit his stride. Oh, for sure. And this was the explosion, like yeah. the exploding point, really. So, but Total Recall, I they had that um, teaser that you've probably seen where it has, like, the Terminators, the T-800s on, like, an assembly line. Yeah. And, uh, like, the head rotates around. And then, like, the 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 thing that generates tissue, like, smashes over it and then pulls apart with all the steam. And then you got Arnold in there. And he's like, I'll be back, which was, like, the classic line from the original Terminator movie. Like, that, that really set him up for a lifelong you know, pun kind of, oh, yeah. th- that, that was, was just his staple. That's what that he was, was the known defining for. phrase for him. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I'll be back. And he's, I think he's probably muttered that l- phrase every time in every Terminator movie since, but it's always just like a little Easter egg at this point. I even, um, it was one of my favorite moments in, uh, the Expendables 2, when uh, he and Bruce Willis <laughs> show up at the uh, the big fight at the airport in the in the, yeah. the finale of it, and he, he goes, I'll be back. And Willis just stops and is like, you've been back. I'll be back. And then he gets, <laughs> he gets the, the turnabout of, at, of fair play and says, well, yippee-ki-yay. I just, right. I, that, was, that was one of my favorite moments. It was so gratuitous, yeah. but it was just like, this is what this oh, movie is it all is. about. And I loved it. It is. It absolutely was. That was what that, that series was about, and I enjoyed it all, quite a bit. Um, but that's kind of my opening pitch of Terminator 1. I mean, I, I was just that summer, it was all about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Terminator 2. And, you know, not 
connected in any way, but I also around that same time was discovering like Metallica's black album. So there's all this black, you know, going on this, this awesome black tone all over my room, listening to it on the, you know, CD player, whatever. It's just, just an awesome movie. And I, while I was waiting for you uh, to get ready and give me the okay that you were good to record, uh, I put the "You Could Be Mine." And I was just listening to it on a loop until you texted me. So I, I got I got through about eight runs of it, more or less. <laughs> it just pumping myself up to talk about this movie because that was like another really cool thing about like summer blockbusters was there always seemed to be this song uh, recorded specifically uh, for a movie. Yeah, that that was a huge thing. It's, especially in the nineties, like that was just a huge, huge thing. And this felt like one of the first, you know, goes of that, you know, like guns and roses. Like there was nothing bigger than guns and roses in 91. Uh, use your illusion, I think was new, brand new or was about to be released when this was happening. So seeing that video on playing on MTV all day long of, you know, the, the Terminator clips, uh, so like I'd I seen the clips, I saw the teaser, I went to see it in theater, it was mind blown. Uh, then it was all I could think about, and uh, of course it came out on VHS eventually, and it was a, one of those affordable things. So I bought it and p- watched it again and again and again and again. So that that's those those are my initial thoughts about T two. Um, what about you? Like what what kind of comes to mind when you think about T two, and do you, do you have any sort of history with it? say uh i remember um i remember when and where i first watched t2 it was uh because it was i was eight when it came out so it was a little bit beyond um what i was typically going i mean i was that would put me second grade um so i wasn't i wasn't there when it was when it first came out but I remember because the first time I watched it, I watched it on TV, and so it was you know I had that scaled back. Um, it was you. St- I still you know got the vibe of everything that was going on, but you you do with a movie like this, you do kind of miss out on on the impact of it. And plus, at that time, I mean the the original came out in 1984, so it was one of those I had no real frame of reference of. You know, yeah. I enjoyed the movie for what I was watching, and as I was probably, I mean, by the time it made it to like regular TV, I was probably like you know between nine and ten when you think about it um but i remember it was it was it was uh one i'm pretty sure it was summertime we were at my aunt and uncle's house um hanging out it was just a summer vacation let's go visit family and we ended up kind of i think i turned it on and it was one of those just kind of impromptu where people kind of started gathering around and i was watching down in their basement and I think by the time it was over, had I mean, like just about everybody was there. You know, we turned the lights were off, and so it was we were watching this. Was like it was like oh, this kind of it was it was cool too because I knew that it was one of those movies that was beyond my reach, but because it was on TV and it was mm-hmm. you know edited for TV, that it was kind of it's like oh okay, well we can watch this. And but you know what the thing is, like it didn't have any nudity other yeah. than like the tasteful nudes of Schwarzenegger and yeah. uh, Robert Patrick when they first materialized. So I guess it's just violence, right? Yeah, I mean, the, isn't so, that what it got its R rating for? Some of the language I think was probably added for TV, but that's, you know, you, you get, 
you get the gist of the whole movie. I mean, that was yeah. I, like, I remember that experience. I remember you know watching it and was like, okay, this is this movie's pretty awesome. Like you know, it's one of those where mm. um, again, I hadn't seen the original, but I was like, okay, this is there's. I mean, yeah, I just remember the you know that first impression of the the T one thousand. was like, okay, this guy's like yeah, this guy's you know he's you know a compelling villain but he's he's you know he's kind of scary he's he's intense he's like the guy won't stop like and then i think additionally because you know um you know once i once i got older and i understood the, you know the the origin of it you had the sarah connor story in the first one mm-hmm. right this one the focal point being edward furlong i mean he was still a few years older than me but it was easier that may, that had that kind of accessibility to it, it was like you know a a part of the protagonist is a kid. So it's like, yeah. there's this, you know, kind of connection. It's like, okay, this is cool. He's got this Terminator from the future. He's blowing things up, shooting this guy. And he's, I mean, he's kind of like this, you know, he's, there's a, a quality to him. Is like, even though he's so serious and he's, you know, he's this machine from the future and he's designed to kill the T-1000 and he's very right. robotic and all this. At the same time, there's, he's, because of the character of Edward Furlong, he's almost like a puppy too. Like when he's teaching him different <laughs> phrases, you know, he's teaching no problemo and hasta yeah. la vista and stuff like that. It's like, okay, <clears throat> he's he's got a toy robot, and it's this it's kind of cool from that perspective. Where it's like, okay, he's as a know, kid, you would you that's yeah. how you would think about it. It's like I have my own Terminator, you know. In a kids are just always trying to one up their best friends. Like you oh, can't yeah. one up a killing machine from the future. <laughs> Plus, there his best friend that's with him at the beginning was Budnick from Salute Your Shorts. So I was like, "Hey, it's Budnick from Salute Your Shorts." Oh well, there you go. That's a bit of trivia. That's some yeah. Cinemaster trivia right there. Did not know that. Yeah. Going back I, to the I Salute like your how Shorts. I like how this movie really hid the the I don't want to say it was like a twist, but it, it hid the fact that Schwarzenegger was going to be the good guy yeah. this time. It, like it, you know, after it was released that initial weekend, and you watched some TV spots, it was very clear that he was good, the good guy. Yeah. But in the initial trailers and the first TV spot, I remember being really excited, and when I realized that, um, you know, I knew there were two Terminators. That was clear from the from the from the initial trailers, but you just assumed they were both there to kill Sarah Connor and her son. Exactly. Right. And then when they do kind of converge in the arcade or in the little, you know, service hallway behind the arcade where Arnold's sort of carrying the box of roses with the guns. (laughs) Yes. And uh, the T-1000, he he can take the form of anything he sees very – he doesn't have the muscle – or girth or size of a T eight hundred, but he he's completely liquid and, and seemingly indestructible because of his the way he's able to take shape. But he takes the shape of a police officer, so he sort of has access and the trust. But Arnold's still this hulking, you know, biker looking guy who you know he just sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh, but he still has that brute strength and. He he has, I guess, the the advantage of having the programming of John Connor, I suppose, all that stuff going into it. But yeah, you didn't realize that he was there to protect uh, John Connor as a kid. Like, it was cool to see it play out and being like, oh, 
well, Arnold Schwarzenegger was such a big star and he was in some very likable stuff at the time, like kindergarten cop. And, you know, it, it seemed like a really amazing like transition to take him to take, just sort of capitalize on that likability and yeah, make him the good guy this time around. Like that's great. That's a brilliant thought. And Cameron doesn't do sequels often. So like he had to have a lot of really good ideas loaded up in the tank to go ahead and make this movie. Right. Well, yeah, and I, you know, I think because I think uh, to what you were saying there, I think this is one of those turning points. I mean, you know, going back and you're looking at, I mean, he, like you said, I mean, he played Conan, and you know, he had been in the first Terminator, um, Commando, he Raw was still, Deal, yeah, um, he, he had been this, in a number of things that people are aware of. I mean, even in right. Predator, is like he's still, it's it's one of those where it's like he, between him and the Predator, he's the the good guy. Right. But there's still kind of that that ambiguity in like, you know, but is it just a fight between two different factions of bad guys? Because it, like, yeah. it wasn't like he was the hero. It was just he was the one that was going to defeat the Predator. So right. Like, right. In The Running Man, um, you have you have him. He's a criminal that or, you know, they've purported that he's a criminal, but he's really right. still a good guy. Right. So, you know, leading up to this is like by the time you get to Terminator Two, you you really do kind of turn a corner for him, which I do think, you know, when you look at the rest of what he was doing in the '90s, I think it did kind of launch him into that action hero. I mean, he was an action star, but I think it really kind of yeah. helped him turn that corner into an action hero that people wanted to really rally behind. Because, you know, that's a really good point. You know, being an action star and then becoming a hero—that's that's you know for sure two different things. Yeah. Because like The Rock is like an action hero nowadays. You know, yeah. <laughs> he was an action star for a long, long time, and then he just became like an action hero at some point. So because because even when I mean like when you think about I mean because uh, I'm just kind of looking through here at kind of some of his other stuff, I was like I mean the next time he really kind of played like a villain or anybody that you know. It's like, because, you know, you got 90, you did Total Recall and Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Then Terminator right. 2. Then he was Last Action Hero came Last after Action this. Last Action Hero, True Lies, Junior, Eraser, um, Jingle All the Way. It wasn't until 97 when he played Mr. Freeze. And even that was just kind of campy and goofy. Like, he was a villain. Yeah. yeah but he was. Right. Like, you, di- you almost didn't buy it because he's, you know, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Exactly right. So no, and, I, I know exactly what you mean. He he was he was just an untouchable Teflon kind of guy at that point. Like everything he made was a blockbuster, just yeah. a guaranteed blockbuster. And it was like I think in that same in that same kind of way. I mean, honestly, like because I've seen Robert Patrick in countless things since Terminator Two. Yeah, but. I don't know that there. I mean, there will never be a role, in my opinion, that trumps the T one thousand for him. Like he'll always no, be that guy. I think he's one of the best villains to ever uh, oppose a hero in any kind of movie. Yeah. Like he's such a good villain because he is unstoppable. It's an, it's sort of uneasy. Like you know, you're watching a movie. You've seen a few movies in your day, and you see, well, like Term- Arnold's the Terminator. He's massive and he's made of just like metal and he's, he weighs a ton and you know, like, yeah, his skin gets kind of like torn up, but he's still an, and he has that endoskeleton underneath, which is just, you know, really tough. 
But here comes this normal looking dude. And you're like, well, what's his gimmick? And his gimmick is like, I can't be defeated, basically. <laughs> I I love how he, I love how he plays off of Arnold with that similar kind of determinated facial expression always. Yeah. Uh he does kind of smile or like make other like human expressions when he needs to, but he always just has that really focused, determined look. And one of the one of the cool things that I remember hearing over the years was, you know, remember the scene where John gets out of the mall and gets on his dirt bike, and then Robert yeah. Patrick has to sort of chase him through the garage, and he's sprinting, and he basically had to learn how to run without breathing, so that he could have that sort of effortless look on his face yeah, as he's running. Uh, not, not a, not something you would ordinarily like your, tell your body to do. Like usually yeah. you want to breathe, but he, he got so any, he, and he got so fast. Like they had to slow Edward Furlong. Like he had to, you know, <laughs> like he had to slow down and like, cause he couldn't get away on his bike if he really wanted to, like he was really sprinting. Uh, but you know, I have to, speaking of housekeeping, I got to see what our good buddy Roger Ebert oh. had to say about this movie. <laughs> How did this one compare I just to have to, man. I have to. And I love it because you're always going to have this disdain. <laughs> and I'm always interested yeah. to see what he has to say. Well, he gave it three. Not. He got it three and a half stars. Well, so he, he, he did approve of it. Surprise, almost surprise. as good as Babe Pig in the City. Almost, but not quite. Uh, his Probably his all-time favorite sequel. James Cameron, but, uh, just shoot. You should aim a little higher next time. Aim a little higher. <laughs> so he... One of the things that he pointed out was the key element. Uh, well, he kind of makes this like the statement is like the key element in any picture. I think is a good villain. I always agree. I totally agree. If you you could have like the coolest hero, baddest hero, but if your villain is weak sauce, then the movie has no stakes. Yeah, and it just doesn't. You just don't care. But yeah, Terminator Two has one along with an intriguing hero and a fierce heroine. Uh, you know, you talk about Linda Hamilton. She she transformed for that role. Oh, absolutely. You know, he, she went from this sort of petite um, damsel in distress who, you know, was holding her own in, uh, in the original Terminator. Like she, she was put through it similarly to, you know, like a Sigourney Weaver as Ripley, you know, like she, she's not, she's not completely incapable of action, but she, in this sequel, she got really ripped uh, and she, the, her story was she was a survivor who was preparing for D-Day, knew it was coming, and was doing everything she could to stay in shape, keep her mind sharp, and if at all possible, see her son so that, you know, they, like, she doesn't want to be separated from him when, when she knows the world's going to end on D-Day. Like, not the world's going to end, but for humanity, it mostly is. And uh, I, I just love her, and this is like one of those movies... Uh, early movies. There, there weren't a lot of movies in the '90s, and I can't think of a ton. More so now, but where the you know, there's a, a true heroine in the movie that's a formidable hero, and Linda Hamilton was definitely that. Alongside oh, she embodies Arnold that. Yeah, she, I mean, she's probably. I mean, I would give her the silver medal, but just to Sigourney Weaver because Ripley was already yeah. so iconic. Yeah, I don't know, man. I almost have to give it to Linda Hamilton just because of the mental toughness that is required to not swallow the business end of a rifle with the information that you have, you know, like you, you know that everything that you've grown up your whole life known to be is about to be destroyed in a second. 
and she's living with that. I mean, I guess a part of her could possibly be hoping that she's crazy, but she was definitely visited by, you know, future beings. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, may, maybe after a while being in one of those institutions with all the drugs, maybe you could kind of cons- may uh, convince yourself that th- that wasn't real, but she never, like she never did. She never faltered. And, uh, I, I just, I don't know, man. I give it like Ripley. I mean, yeah, the aliens. Uh, I I love how in modern day there's like this sort of crossover. Um, like there, crossovers used to be just fantasy and things you'd imagine. Yeah. But after Alien versus Predator, like crossovers just became a realistic thing that you could hope so, for. Let's, just, let's Reese's it, let's Reese's peanut butter the crap out of everything. <laughs> yeah. over here, a little chocolate over there. We're just gonna here. These guys are over there. We'll move him over here. Let's do this. But even in you know, you get you take a thing as is some like simple as a fighting game like Mortal Kombat. You, yeah. you could have like an alien and a Terminator fighting it out. Yep. Which one's more deadly? Uh, I don't know, man. I think I might have to give it to a Terminator versus an alien because they can't be manipulated as a host. So really, like you would have to just have a ton of aliens gang up on a single terminator and well they they do have the acid for blood thing going for them i don't know that would be an interesting battle right there maybe we should just stop with the movie and just make this about that this podcast is a terminator we'll just, versus alien we, will, we, we should we that's what we should do sometimes is what we should do is we should come up with all of these different villains that we could pit against one another and have yes. like our own final four tournament or or you just oh, that would be amazing. One by Maybe one. Maybe we should do that in March. <laughs> evaluate them. Just who would like Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers? Who comes out on top? You know, Freddie and hey, you just whittle it down to it's like all right, we've got here's our final two. Here's the championship for the greatest villain. Yeah, I think the T one thousand would would definitely be hanging in there. I mean, the the T one thousand is is elite eight material. Well, that, uh, I th- and I think that was one of because. It was, it was, especially, I mean, to the credit of the franchise, you, you started, you start the movie or you start the series and you've got Schwarzenegger as, you know, as a really imposing villain. I mean, like he, like that's, that's his whole thing is he's, I mean, he's like a, he's an iteration of a Jason or a, or a uh, Michael Myers where it's. The fact that you, I mean, you can't stop him. He just continues going. Right. He, he's just this right. unstoppable force. And no matter what you do to try and hide or try and stop him, you can't. And so there's really just this impending doom that, and he's just so stoic. And he's this, you know, he's like, ah, oh, he's after us and we can't get him. And uh, yeah, a lot of people consider that Terminator is really a horror movie. And not, I mean, it's science fiction elements of science yeah. fiction, but it's mostly a horror movie. Yeah, and that, that's yeah. It's like okay, there's you know you have this this stalking being that won't, will not stop, and right. he's just you know you know has there's no there you, you can't reason with him. You have to just physically stop him or try and get away, and both of them are fruitless. And then, yeah, because unlike a Jason Voorhees was once human, yeah, a Terminator could never be defeated. It would you know that way you know like you have to physically beat a terminator to death yeah the <laughs> like, the, the and the options are limited because you know you got somebody coming from the future so it's not like oh yeah you know if you're going to build a robot from the future that travels through time to go kill people it's like you're like well should we make him impervious to bullets 
Hmm. Yeah, I was like, you're not just going to have a lot of different stuff at your disposal that you could be like, yeah, right. I'll throw a knife at him. Oh, I'll put a magnet on his head. That'll probably ruin the operating system. I mean, if it was that would be an that would be a legitimate way to get away from Terminator if you think about it. Like it's like one of those like Fast Nine magnets in your yeah. car. Get you get you one of those. Get you a Fast Nine magnet. You'll be good. To yeah, go. <laughs> those are sold at Ace Hardware Ace, stores. Ace Hardware. <laughs> I wish. But then, um, then you take him, and in yeah. the sequel, you turn him into the hero. You turn him into the guy right. that he loves. And yeah, you flip the script. And in doing that, I mean, you leave a gape. I mean, because he was a very capable villain, but you leave a gaping hole there. And then yeah. to do that and fill it in with Robert Patrick as the T-1000. Right. right. It's like, okay, you took what we already enjoyed and you made it a thousand times better. Yes, they really did. And they were capitalizing on this new technology, this CGI that we mentioned, you know, like in, in just two short years, CGI would be just amazing. Yeah. They, I know that they, with, with the liquid sort of metal look I, I, in the transforming effects, uh, I think Willow from 88 kind of was like the first known you know, like time. Like I think ILM used the sort of transforming effect and then Cameron in 90 did the abyss which yeah. had that the water the tentacle water thing, yeah. yeah and that that's essentially your reflective sort of uh matter that you that you the effect that you get with the T1000 so much but i really enjoyed how they utilized him in his in his fight sequences because you know he would have just he would just purposely absorb bullets yeah you know, like Arnold's coming at him with the the shotgun, and and he he, he really does a number on him. Yeah. He splits the top part of him in half, basically. <laughs> um, but then you realize quickly you're only buying yourself time. Exactly. And he will drain you of bullets, and then you will have nothing left. Yeah. Like there's really, you know, he's just sort of playing with you. And I, I really enjoyed how when Arnold would try to use his strength as as sort of an advantage and he he kind of grabs him and slams him into the wall and the t1000s sort of facial features reversed with his back features yeah. you know and he just that's the kind of thing you have to you know you're up against when you're fighting a a, a villain like the t1000 it is it takes any shape it can it can gain your trust to get what it needs it can mimic shapes and and voices uh, its whole body is a killing weapon, essentially. You know, like many times he would use like little, you know, like he would put his finger out and like a little sickle would come out, you know, made for stabbing the brain. Or yeah. he would use his like hands as like hooks. They were. I love the scenes where he his hands form those hooks. And he's hanging out of the back he, of that car. He's hanging out of the back of the car, but also he's he uses them to pry the elevator door before yeah. Schwarzenegger like oh, hits yeah. him in the face. I love that. Like in the moment, you know, he just changes shape and he's like, he's using his body, not as a weapon, but as a tool. <laughs> so it's a really neat thing. And really in your mind, like, well, heat is heat. The only thing that can destroy this. And even when they froze it and blew it to a million pieces, the heat really just, you know, didn't do anything. I mean, yeah. ex intense heat where he couldn't get out did melt him, I guess. There is a melting point for this metal. But 
you know, when, when it froze and there was just enough heat to melt the frozen pieces, I mean, it just came right back together again. And I think so that was a, go ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, you first. No, you first. <laughs> I'm going to leave that pause in there too. That long pregnant that pause. long pause. As you should, as you should, because it's funny and it's easier. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that that I remember seeing that scene and like it's meant to be the big killing, you know, like the final straw that killed the villain when he does the Hasta La Vista and that should have been it. And the, but yeah, then they, they kind of like put it together. Like I remember feeling so defeated as a movie viewer, (laughs) you know, because he had been relentlessly chasing them throughout the movie and just when you thought it was destroyed, surely it's destroyed. It's in a million pieces. It comes back together again. And I just remember thinking so, I, I felt so, as just as a movie viewer, I was so wrapped up in it at the moment. And I'm sure part of it's being in a theater and everything. But even if you're watching this on a on a postage stamp, I mean, the tension is there Yeah. throughout. I mean, you feel that tension. And you know what the stakes are because it's such a good sequel. It takes what was cool about the first movie and just enhances everything, just elevates every part of it. And the time travel aspect was a very cool thing. Like very few movies nail like a time traveling. You know, I I know they joke about it in in Endgame as more or less they just use like the Back to the Future. Back to the Future was bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but people use it because there just aren't a lot of examples and movies that kind of like people sort of can grasp onto. Like, you know, it makes sense the way they use it. And I'm sure that in, 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 in novelization or maybe some shows, like they really give time travel even more scientific roots and kind of make it more realistic. But it's just enough for me. Like I, I love just that that little bit of time travel that Terminator that brings in. It's like it's a brilliant idea. Like we we are this civilized uh, race of people who have come along so far. We actually invent artificial intelligence. Yeah. So if if you've if you've invented artificial intelligence and and, and you know retrofitted that into weapons and stuff like you did, uh, maybe time travel isn't that far behind, you know, or isn't impossible to think that you're right along there. Well, and I, I think, I think it was really, a really well done in the fact that it also, it wasn't, it wasn't even just that it was the, the framework for the story, but it was the connective tissue between the first and the second movie as well. That because you have your primary story now of this second generation is like, okay, it's not kill Sarah Connors. It's protect um, John Connors. Right. Um, and so you have this second, you know, second tier of, okay, this is, this is how the machines change up their plan. They realize, okay, we can't, because, and I think to a degree, it kind of shuts down a little bit of the argument. I mean, I know people can kind of get, you know, goofy about like, you know, well, if they could time travel, why couldn't they, Cause, you know, you start coming up with all these scenarios. Of, oh yeah. Go further um, back in time. Yeah. It's like, kill okay. John, kill Sarah Connor as a baby or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well. I think I think the thing is though, like what happened, you know, there's you kind of take the legs out from underneath that when you say, okay, what we did is we sent this robot to a point in time, and that plan was thwarted by this resistance. So we need to come at it with a different. It's not just a matter of send another robot 
to do the right. same job again because we'll have the same opposition do the same thing. We need to change. Yeah, these the plan. are advanced learning machines. Like yeah. they decide to come up with a, another plan. So it was. I, I liked. I liked that. You know, because you can. If you. I mean, we've demonstrated that a number of times. If you want to start picking apart movies that you really love, it's not hard. Yeah. But the the thing is, what you have to come back to is the fact that even if there are errors, I mean, that was one of the things about Jurassic Park. There's tons of things that are just right in your. I mean, not even things that are. You know, I'll always go back to the T-Rex paddock. I mean, that's right in your face. Like five seconds before this T-Rex got out, <laughs> he's running around yeah. on, on dry ground. And then he storms through the fence. And then all of a sudden, it's a, you know, a 150-foot drop. It's like, wait, that doesn't make it. Like, that's clearly in your face. They didn't even think about that. No. But it, because they care. knew that we wouldn't care. because not care because it's so cool. It's so cool. And You're just gawking so, at what's the cool thing that's happening in front of you. So that it's the same thing with this. It's like, yeah, if you want to sit here and really start applying science to this, or like, well, this in this educated journal, they no, it's a movie and it's cool because he's time traveling, and that's all I need. And then you have, wait a minute, we we have Skynet. Because then it is, it's like you, you, the layers start peeling back. It's like, okay, well, the yeah. reason, you know, it's almost like we, the reason that we have these robots is Skynet had the technology from the Terminator that came back from the future. Right, it's like, right. They learned okay, from that, yeah. There's chicken or it's the It's a very egg, chicken before the egg, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, okay, so these robots that come back from the future were created because you had the technology because they came back from the future. Like, wait a minute. But it, again, it's one of those things like the storyline for it is really cool because it yeah it's this whole secondary line. It's you know you get beyond the I have to protect John Connors to okay here's how do we save the world you know how do we do this how do we stop this you know this Armageddon from happening and so you have these two plot lines that are going and you bring in uh, what's the you know the science the whatever the guy is where they go to his home they shoot him and you know it's this you know. You, oh man, they, I love that actor too. Uh, what's his face? Uh, he was all he, over. He showed up in the. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Like Dyson, I think it was his like character Joe Morton. Yeah, because he he also showed up in the uh, was the uh, Justice League movie. He was Cyborg's dad. Oh yeah. Yep. And I was very happy to see him. It's like this guy needs to be a thing more. <laughs> I really dig him. But I I think about the thing with time travel movies and one of the rules of time travel that we've sort of learned over time is in these Terminator movies uses this pretty well too. I think is that even if you, even if you think you effectively changed the outcome by knowing like you're, you're cheating, you learn of an event, you try to branch off of that event. Uh, the same thing will just happen anyway, but only yeah. a different way. Like the timeline is just changed a little it, What's going to happen is still going to happen. So I like how these movies sort of utilize that and they 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 continue to run with that through like in Terminator 3. I think they try to run with that a bit more in Dark Fate. Uh Genesis was definitely a big case of that with the the AI the the technology through like the smart devices. Like that was the new Cyberdyne, you know. Yeah. That I I like how they try to like find new ways to play off of that because it is a cool element of these time travel movies what was the most but, recent one what was that one called uh dark i think it was called dark fate okay 
And I think that's the one that tries to be a sequel to two and yeah, sort of that one. I was like, I remember watching that yeah. one. I was like, this one feels a lot like Terminator two, just not as good. That's exactly what I said when I left. It was like, I remember getting vibes of Terminator two. So I was enjoying it. But afterward, after the movie was over, I was like, well, that scene was just that scene from T2. And that yeah. scene was just that scene from T2, but just sort of different. Um, but whatever. I it It's like one of those deals where it's like, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. And if you just kind of come back to it every 10 years or so, you just, you're, you're more than happy to look at it again from another angle. Well, it's like, I mean, um, people come, I mean, it, by the time the eighth time Jason showed up, he was going to Manhattan <laughs> on a boat. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, screw this camp. I'm out of That's here, man. That's what's I'm happening. Gonna, I'm going to Manhattan. You can kill all kinds of people up there. Nobody even cares. Now, speaking of that, man, um, happy Friday the 13th. A little late on that. Yeah. <laughs> I was it's disappointed in us that we didn't come up with some sort of episode for Friday the 13th. I, I, got a, uh, I got an alert through this, you know, this uh, on Twitter from this dude who he just tweets out good deals on things. And on, <laughs> I realize now on Friday... It, he tweeted out that you could get all the Friday the 13th movies uh, on Vudu, and it was ridiculously cheap. It was like $16 or something. And I remember thinking, wow, that's sort of out of the blue. <laughs> but it was this Friday is, the 13th. This is oddly timed to deal. <laughs> I wonder why that... This, sir, could you explain? Dude, I'm logic? telling you, man, real life problems with COVID. I just don't look at calendars nearly as much as I used to. Time is a construct. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. We're stuck it's in a loop. Just, does it? Nobody lives. looks and stares at calendars much anymore. I mean, you you do have calendars for work and your outlook and stuff when you're checking your email, you know, for instructions on packing marshmallows and new, new marshmallow packing technologies. Yes. It's just to um, know what do I, what who expects me to be when and where today, <laughs> right? And even that uh, is subject to change. You're like, oh, I was. But that is be. just an aside. I had to mention that. Like, I I do own all the way up to uh, Jason goes to Manhattan or Jason takes Manhattan. I wish it was called Jason goes to Manhattan now. <laughs> I wish it was Jason takes Manhattan, just like the Muppets. Jason, just like the Muppets. That would be amazing. It'd be great. It'd be great if the Muppets had a cameo in it. <laughs> well, they would be there in New York, right? It's like, mean, hey, we're, in, in, we're Manhattan. in Manhattan, too. This is Manhattan, dude. There's and Jason it's, it's just Voorhees. a sequel to the Muppet movie. <laughs> just adding in Jason Voorhees. I don't see oh, why that's, not. It would, it makes would, just as much sense as him riding I would be a all boat. For that. I would be all for that. Stunts and special effects, this movie is filled with him, dude. Like, the, the stunts in this movie are... Maybe unparalleled. I love like the scenes. All that truck. Long, long scenes too. Yes. That well, all the way from escape. I mean, this movie really never lets you catch your breath anyway, but you know, it kind of goes from the escaping on the dirt bike to, yeah, uh, uh, the T 1000, Robert Patrick sort of getting that truck and he's chasing him in that truck and they kind of go into those, uh, what do you, what do you call those? Like, uh, channels is like the viaducts. water channels. The viaducts, yeah. They kind of go down into that, and then he feels he's safe because the big truck can't really get down there, and it just crashes from the top. And then, you know, there's a scene where you're like, oh, he's not going to be able to clear that, and that big truck just rips the top off like a can opener, and he's still driving it. And meanwhile, Arnold's, tr he's like watching the whole thing. He's riding on a motorcycle. He's got this giant friggin' gun, and he's just sort of 
cocking it in this ridiculously cool looking rotation, oh, that, like yeah. one handed. Oh, that is just seared into my brain. It's just one of the coolest things. And apparently he just tore his hands all to pieces getting good at that. Like he was really cocking it that way. <laughs> and he's doing it with Edward Furlong riding with him on a motorcycle. And he's supposed to be acting and concentrating like he's hitting those locks that are that are keeping the uh, aqueducts to get, like locked out from you know one to the next. I mean, it's so cool. Just that whole scene was amazing. And... I think about the as uh, you know escape from the from the hospital with Linda yeah. Hamilton and that doctor and just like all oh, that was so good. Um, the 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 scene where they're getting away on in that little truck, that little pickup truck, <laughs> and once again the T one thousand has a gigantic you know truck chasing after them once again, filled with liquid nitrogen as as, you, as they do, do. yeah. Just just driving along, liquid nitrogen, just pulling it. Somebody's got to transfer it, I guess. Usually that's something that you see on railroads, I guess. Like, that doesn't seem like a safe thing to just be riding around on the expressways with liquid nitrogen. It's like, hey, is that a I giant, could be wrong. Is that a giant tanker filled with liquid nitrogen? I feel like that could really be a detriment to <laughs> all of us if something were yeah. to go awry here. Uh, yeah, which could happen. I mean, there... People like these trucks, they get stuck underneath low bridges all the time. I mean, that if that happened in that truck, it would just freeze everybody in a car within like who knows how far it would go. It would not be good. It would be bad. No, news it for would everybody. be it would be a bad it would be a bad thing. But it is just like one amazing set. Like you know, the plan to blow up the evidence of all the research. You know, going in to that building, very matrixy style. Yes. I mean, you, you can definitely see some of the Matrix in that scene where they're going into the office buildings. And, of course, the SWAT is there. And the, the whole, the whole by the end of it, just like the whole police department's there. And one's got a helicopter. And then here comes Arnold and his, like, minigun. Yes. <laughs> you can never like go Jesse wrong Ventura. with a minigun. No, uh-uh. Absolutely not. I d- wish fact, it was not called a minigun because it sounds really unimpressive. Well, I grew up calling it a Gatling gun. Yes. The minigun is, I think he calls it a minigun in one of the scenes, like the helicopter pilot's like, he's got a minigun. <laughs> like, that's a minigun? It's like, that sounds really unimpressive. Like, what, is it like a small, like a squirt gun? Or like, is it like a yeah. little? Yeah. Like Just a, shoots like, like peas. Like an old lady's kind of pistol <laughs> that she would keep in her purse. Is that what he's got? That doesn't seem very threatening. Would, would it penetrate a layer of fabric? It's a BB gun, basically. It's the minigun. No, it's just this crazy thing that you rip off the side of a helicopter <laughs> and start shooting, which I think The Rock actually kind of does in one of the Fast and Furious yes, movies. I feel he, like he, it, he just picks up a minigun and just starts firing it. Like, that happens. That's a thing you can do. For I, sure. I enjoy, because uh, it's right after Michelle Rodriguez has crashed, and he comes walking up, and uh, she says, Are you, aren't you? are you going to call the cavalry? And he just goes, Woman. I am the cavalry. I am the cavalry, yes. And he grabs that gun and he just starts shooting. Like, how do you do that? How is that a thing? I man? don't know, man. And he, he sort of like hot wires it too. Like he does yeah, something like, to like okay. make it work. <laughs> like, yeah, they teach you how to do this. I mean, he's this. a special agent, right? They teach that kind of thing. So in, like, in, this in is in the book for us. Quantico, whatever people. part of the agency like, like trains guys like Hobbs. All right, Hobbs. <laughs> if you're ever in a position where you need to forcefully remove a minigun uh, from a drone or a helicopter, any any flying 
uh, apparatus. Uh, these are the wires you'll need to use yeah. to to function the this minigun on its own. So just an FYI for you. Oh, those movies don't give a damn. <laughs> they just don't. Of course, you just hotwire like a car from a 1970s hijacking yeah. movie, right? Like that's all you exactly. do. Yeah, just touch these just two pull, wires together. Just pull the wires. Fully just functional just minigun now. <laughs> reach up underneath the dash and just kind of yank whatever wires are up there. And then just kind of touch a couple of them together. You know, just do that. And it should start the car, I'm pretty sure. That's how cars work. I don't even know why we're you using know, just, keys. Well, well, uh, Edward Furlong teaches term, the T2 a pretty valuable key lesson that he uses later in the movie. <laughs> the keys underneath the visor. Yes. I've never done that before in my entire life. I, d- I don't know anyone that like you know where yeah. I store my keys. <laughs> who up here in the who visor. does that to where it's such a cliche that he expects it to be there? Like nobody. <laughs> and it, I mean, and it is. I mean, that's it's a trope in a lot of things. You're like, oh, yep, he, he left the keys up yeah. in the visor. It's like, really? Who's doing this? Is it just this? like a Deus Ex Machina like movie thing that just got invented out of whole cloth? Now that's just a thing that everybody just assumes happens, although we all know damn well. It does not happen. <laughs> like, I mean, what is the convenience? Like, oh, you know what? If I leave the keys here, right, then I won't have to lock the doors on my vehicle. Or it's bother with taking so them cool out of It feels so cool to like flip the like visor and they just drop in your and lap. They just like, drop going yeah. on yeah. in it. Yeah. Then you like cue like George Thorogood. I mean, like you just do that, and then it's just ready. Then when you're explaining to your insurance agents, like. Uh, yeah, I, I lost another one. It's like, uh, Steve, that's eight. That's eight cars this <laughs> did month. Did you leave the damn keys in the visor again? Were the keys in the visor? Is that what you did? Uh, did you do the keys in the visor again? No. <laughs> it's really cool, man. Do it's you not awesome. know that? <laughs> Just do it one time. Just like flip it and let them drop in your lap. Like, oh. You'll feel, you'll feel amazing. It's a rush. I'm going for a road trip to Wendy's. I mean, every trip feels more badass if you start the trip that way. Now, 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 keys like they're just fobs, so like you know, it doesn't really doesn't make any sense even more to like leave them in there. <laughs> yeah, like we've just—that's what they did. Is they took a page out of that book. It's like you know what we should do? Let's just make the keys. Let's make the keys. You know how you should start a car? Just be near the car. Just be here's, near it. <laughs> here's how cars should start from now on. You just pull yeah. the visor down a little bit. That's it. That's how you start a car. <laughs> don't. Uh, I would buy that car. You don't. There's so, no push to ignition. There's no. Like if fob, I find there's... out tomorrow that that's how all Teslas start, then I'm just gonna sell yeah. everything I have and try to buy a Tesla. It's like uh, I need a car where you just kind of <laughs> slightly pull down the visor and the driver, and then that starts the car. That's how I want my car to start. But I also need the car to start to bad to the bone. Like that has yeah. to like when I turn when the ignition kicks over, it turns over like that. Da, 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 da. Like it's got to, it's got to. That should be. We should design that car. <laughs> we should just do that. I'm, I'm feeling like that episode of The Simpsons where like Homer designs the car. Like I want to design our version yeah. of that car. <laughs> we'll just design a car that. I want so to just draw it and then put it up on social media so everyone can yeah. see. We're like okay, so you just. You just pull the visor down slightly, and it starts the car up and plays George. Thoreau. Okay, okay, nice. I'm, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Manually George Thoreau's about to get rich. You know, like, uh, the GPS. I was like, you following it, and all of a sudden, I was like, this isn't the way to work. It's like the next thing you know, you're driving through viaducts. Like, I just wanted to get gas. What am I doing here? 
What? A, this is not. Why are there explosions? Dude, I've always wanted to drive through a viaduct. They make it look so cool in the movies. Yeah. Even in Greece. Even in Greece when they're racing and they're ri- driving through the... It's like, oh, this looks amazing. It's like, like heart pounding just action. Open those, just open those babies up. Just yeah, open them up. drive down there. Yeah. They want you, to. You know, it would... There would be less crowding on the streets. I mean, you would have less traffic. You just, just you know, unlock them. Put entrance Los Angeles. Tools. You'll make a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's so many movies that just utilize those things too. And, you know, why not? If you're going to have a car chase, you kind of have to be. It has to be an aqueduct. Movies 101. Yeah, you Damn need it. an aqueduct. If you're gonna... Take it from this white broad drinking. <laughs> yeah, this is... We know, guys. We know. We've been around the block once or twice. You know, even though I've never gotten into a vehicle where I just pulled down the visor and keys fell into my lap, and that's how I started up a, a vehicle, and, you know, that never yeah, happened. Yeah, never have I ever either, but, I mean, now that I know that it's a thing that could maybe happen in my lifetime, I think we should do it. It would it make a lot of sense. do to make it happen. It would make a lot of sense. I think a we lot of people stop. would be like, you know what, why don't we already have this? It's like flying cars. You know, first you get the key dropping from the visor, initiating turning over George Thorogood. Then you take to the air. Yeah. But we can't have flying cars until we have the key dropping from the sun visor. I mean, yeah, it's like, you just can't. Hello, guys. Have you ever heard the phrase, don't run before you can walk? This is the walking. Mm-hmm. We have to walk first. Visor down, George Thorogood. Bam. You got to cross that bridge first to get to flying cars. I'm telling you, man, these billionaires need to stop trying to get to space and start working on that right yeah. away. Oh, is there a car in space where you pull down the visor <laughs> and keys fall down and it starts up? Is Holy that shit. why you're going to space? Is that what's up in space? Because I've, if that's not what's in I space. I mean, I like where, you, I mean, you took a great idea and made it better. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, if that's not in space, here's an idea. Stop it. Build us this car. Oh. No more going to space for... Oh, Recreation? I don't know. Well, I mean, what is like bragging? It was like, hey, you know what I did this weekend? Went to space. Okay. Yeah. You did you have space? to? Did no. but did you have to manually start the car? Yeah. Oh, did you use a key? <laughs> like, <laughs> did you did you have to like push a button or like turn a key? Because if you like did, a caveman. Yeah. If you did, that's horseshit. You should have pulled down a visor, and music should have immediately played. If that's not how you went to space, you're a chump. So Terminator 2, I mean, I really don't have a whole ton, a lot of things to say about it. I mean, I always get a little nervous when we pick to, when we decide to talk about a movie that people probably talk about ad nauseum about. It's like, what, what do we bring to the conversation? But this right here is what we're bringing to the conversation. This is what we do. This is our bread and butter. <laughs> like, we you take know, I that never about and this. we get to that. You know, we I've just made a great ro- thing better with our words. Robots from the future. I've talked about that before. I've talked about Schwarzenegger, Patrick. So you know what that visor thing? No, I'm I gonna I'm gonna that. test your I'm gonna test your wit on the spot here. This oh. is not necessarily like a trivia thing, but I would like you to give me your top three sequels of all time. Top three uh, sequels. Go. Top three sequels. Oh, that is a that's a that's a that's a tough one. Um, what 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 are your thoughts on like the Lethal Weapon franchise? I enjoy like, the think lethal. That, we- that's a good franchise. Would you um, would you say that like a lethal weapon to raise the stakes enough to be in the conversation? Lethal. Uh, yeah. What about? 
Lethal what about Die Hard too? Did Die Harder do Die Hard enough justice? I see that's that one for me. If I if I got to go sequels, I would pro- that would probably be where I would end up at. Is uh, yeah. I think a Die Hard two. Uh, even even I mean like because they took the same plot and they applied it to yeah. a different building, and it right. I just didn't care. I was like, what if the building this time isn't a really tall one, but just an airport? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Die Hard 2 was, I think it just came out just the year before this and was probably playing alongside Total Recall around that time. Yeah. It is funny that when you mention, like, Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, in, in the uh, the uh, Untouchables, not the Untouchables. Expendables. The, <laughs> the Expendables. I would have oh really enjoyed. Oh, my God, really would that enjoyed, be amazing? <laughs> I would have really enjoyed the Untouchables had they added those two. Yeah. That would no have offense to Kevin Costner, With uh, Costner and uh, uh, Sean Connery and a young, uh, yeah. who was, yeah. was uh, Andy Garcia? Yeah, Andy Garcia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been a movie uh, to watch. That's a jug. I've been a juggernaut of a movie right there. But no, Die Hard 2 is really pushing that idea of the summer sequel. Like I remember them just like really leaning into that hard. And I, yeah, I could, I, I could don't know. I, I like die hard too. Like I, I enjoy it, but I got to say, I like one and three better. Like die hard two just sort of sits in the middle there. I'm like, eh, yeah, it's fun. There's definitely some cool scenes. That scene where he's like going up into the air from the, uh, with the ejected seat is yes. hella memorable. Like that, even though it looks crappy by today's standards. Oh yeah, I mean it looks horrible when you watch it. Now. <laughs> it looks so bad on a green screen, like it's woof, embarrassing. But it's he, memorable. Even at the very end, cool when he's like conveniently right there by the the starting pool of uh, of gasoline. That he's like, oh, here, I've got a lighter. I'll just blow them up from here. I don't even hey, care. To it's be John amazing. McClane, you have to have some things go your way. Like you're <clears> up against it. You're and up against it. You start off. You've you've, and I, it's hard to say it's an upgrade because it's it's a lateral move. But I don't I don't mind yeah. going from, um, you know you you've got Hans Gruber, you know Snape himself, he's he's your your first film. Then you go to William Sadler. Like that's, that's a, a downgrade. It's definitely not. <laughs> I I can I can handle William Sadler all, especially a a nude William Sadler doing karate in his hotel room. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Why would that not be? What that was a weird choice. It was. Like, it was an interesting way. Of, we're gonna show you that this guy is a more is a more formidable villain than Hans Gruber really, by showing really you good. his muscular ass. Like <laughs> he's really good at army, and you could tell because of his. No wait, that wasn't karate. that movie. That was that uh that was that Mike uh Michael J. Fox movie, right? Which one? What am I thinking of now? There okay, so you know that movie The Hard Way with Michael J. Fox and James Woods? Uh there yeah. was a blonde villain who was nude at one point. Now, is that the villain from Avatar who's also in those don't like don't breathe movies where he's a blind guy? Oh. Might be that same guy. Um you but he's called the party crasher in the hard way. And he's got this like platinum blonde and he's like, he's a, he's a muscular build kind of guy. And uh, I think it might be the same guy. So similar, similar school of villainry, not the same exact person. What was, what was great. What you really liked about, um, the Die Hard two was you had that double cross where you had the, the new military guys come in and they were a part of, they were like the, the backup bad guys. Yeah. 
I yeah. was like, oh, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, because they had the different sets of like ammunition, yes, they like had blanks. The, they had the blanks that were That wrapped. was a neat. I like that. And you switch it around and you go from blanks to live rounds. Like, I thought yes. that was a cool, cool visual, if nothing else. So, and, yeah. Uh, and then Dennis Franz. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> Acted like a oh, jackass. Yeah. Total New York asshole. Well, that was New York, or was it not New York? Was it Los uh, Angeles? It was Washington, D.C., Dulles International Airport. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, because Holly was like, that's what she reported on, basically. Right? Yeah, because, uh, and, and you had, you got uh, uh, William Atherton. You got him back, which was great. You do get him back, yeah. You, you don't get Winslow. You don't get Carl Winslow. No, <laughs> you do You do briefly. Do briefly. That's true, that's true, that's true. When you like you don't cameo, have throughout the entire version. Movie. No, but. The movie was lacking that. Like, I feel like if it weren't for, like, he, he's that special sauce that made Die Hard so well, good. Well, when he was, you had, you had McLean and you had Powell and the two of them together, they were yeah. akin to a, yes. a Riggs and Murtaugh. Like, oh, there okay. you go. They work off of each other. And they didn't They bicker. do. No, but, no, they were, they were fast friends. Yeah, they, they came together quickly. And they stayed good friends. They did. So, I mean, that's that's an easy sequel for me. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say that TMNT two, The Secret of the Use, has to be in the discussion. That's probably. a good. That's a good sequel. That's a good sequel. <laughs> Not so as much really three, good but two. Two the two's always gotta like you know two's gotta be the you, you gotta take it up a notch in two. You always do. You know, Mur- fun like Murtaugh's hair got fluffier and wilder in two, you know? Yeah. Uh, the the turtles got a little, go- like, more cartoony, I guess, in yes. the second one. Like, closer to the source, like, material, maybe. I don't know. You Just had, making shit up. Uh, it was a different April. Um, no, but, the, but in all seriousness, like, the Indiana Jones movies are really... I mean, there's some excellent sequels in that series, too. The, I, I think like, that's... I think that was the thing is, like... And I... I I appreciate the penchant for sequels in that vein more yeah. so because you know, there are some, I mean, like, you know, because we've been talking about Friday the 13th, horror movie series, I mean, you, those they could turn those out because there's, I mean, it's just the same thing, it, new. People yeah, like things right. that are new. It's, when, it's like when you open a new chain restaurant in a town and people are like, oh, we need to go see. It's like, it's just a... It's the same Applebee's, just <laughs> like cleaner. It's, it's than, a burger, but with a different yeah, wrapper. That's like, basically. Have it. you never seen one of these before? Because it's there. Uh, there's a lot of them. Are you not aware of Applebee's? There's more than this one. <laughs> um, but like, like people. Oh people man, they that. got Wawa's. Oh what? My God. Like, well, but yeah, but you got Circle K, right? I mean, that's like, a thing. <laughs> you got Seven Eleven. I mean, it's basically the same thing, right? <laughs> Today's your first day as a person, isn't it? Welcome. Thank yeah, you for yeah. coming. But you know it, that's the, people get that way. So like you with horror movies, you can do that. You can put it like, oh, yeah. did you? There's a new one of these coming out. You want to see it? Yeah. It's like it's the same garbage as it's the last a new, one. It's yeah, a I new. It's a new. It's a new crop of young people, pretty yeah. young people, uh, and a new soundtrack to sell. You know, new songs. Easy to do. Very easy to do. But it was like you know when you when you talk about some of these things that became franchises that were kind of ten, like things that we you know we grew up with that we loved. Um, they uh, uh, for a number of them, they at least made some kind of sense. Like they, they there was there was like okay, let's make another one of these because people really liked it. People liked the story. Let's yeah. continue with the characters. And there was there was a degree of 
of excellence because I mean I'm a I, I love Die Hard. Die Hard is my probably my favorite action series of all all time, and I can watch Live Free or Die Hard and uh, uh, a Good Day to Die Hard. I, I mean I can watch those and still somewhat enjoy them, but I mean it was one of those where it was like these never really should have been made. I actually like, did enjoy Live Free or Die Hard quite a bit. It's much better than A Good Day to Die Hard. That oh. stinks. That's that's an embarrassment to the franchise. Like they Well, they brought Jai I Cole know they back. wish they could have taken that one back. You know. <laughs> hey guys, who should we cast? Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney's sure? available. <laughs> Are you sure? Oh, but I mean, you know, fool me once, twice, three times, six How times. How many times like... can Jai Courtney fool you? <laughs> that should be a game show. How many movies have you seen with Jai Courtney? Well, he gets he gets killed in Suicide Squad, spoiler alert. <laughs> Good. Yes, he just stay there. Um, By the way, I want to talk about that movie. Like, I know it's like we don't always do newer movies, but you know, we can. I'm just, I, I just pulling the curtain back. Oh God, I love that movie. Just to pull the curtain back. Like, I've been doing nothing but watching the James Gunn Suicide Squad movie wise. Like the last couple weeks, like I, I've, I think I've seen it like five or six times now. Like, I'm thinking about going and watching it right now at a Ryan Reynolds movie. (laughs) <laughs> I do. This is like when you saw the the Hitman's Bodyguard for the first time. Oh yes, time. and it was a delightful film that I saw it five. Times. Oh man, I just couldn't believe how many times you were like going back to see it. And that was, I'm upset because I have not seen it in theaters, and I just I know it would be an amazing theatrical experience. But well, it's on HBO Max. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. That was the when I, when Hitman's Bodyguard came out. It was a magical time to be alive because that was in the days of the oh, movie pass. Oh my God! The movie pass, boy, kids, let let us talk about movie pass for oh, just a minute pass. or two. I remember hearing about that. I, by the way, if you're still here for Terminator Two, you can tune out if you like. Yeah, we're probably done with Terminator Two. <laughs> we're probably we're done with D Two. But if you're just in it for some like real fun movie talk, then stick with us for a that's, little bit longer. That's the part of the fireside chat that makes it amazing. Yes, movie pass was one of those things that everyone looked at it and said that's too good to be true but it actually worked so we all did it it happened for like a year we had it for like a year yeah we did we had it for basically a year for a good for maybe a portion of that it was unusable but uh at first i mean we killed it and there i know like there was a particular movie too a blockbuster movie that i think was like this is the one was it a it was like it might have been an infinity war I think it like might have been Infinity uh, War because yeah. there was a movie that released and they were like, well, thanks to this movie, they're completely bankrupt now because the, um, I everyone's saw, just seeing this again and again and again. I went to the movies, the movie theater in the 11 months that my movie pass actually worked. I saw yeah. 55 movies. Oh my gosh. It was a beautiful thing. Oh, it was amazing. Beautiful thing. Yeah. You would just, you would just have your little app and you would... Uh, go to the movie theater. It only it was only it only worked if you were in the parking lot of the yeah. theater, which is fine. That's fine. You go up there. Didn't like I'm seeing a movie today. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm just going to drive up to there. Eh, this movie's starting pretty soon. Purchase ticket. It would send you uh, like you had. I think you just had to take a picture of the ticket. Yeah. And there was a thing in the app that just you attached a picture because everybody's got a phone in their pocket, so it's no big deal. And instantly you are reimbursed and you just enjoy your movie. And it it happened instantaneously, basically. So there was no like waiting around. It was just an nope. awesome thing. Because yeah, they just deposited was... the money in like a, an ATM, basically. 
that's how it worked. It wasn't that they reimbursed you. No, they yeah, just put I didn't, money it, in a bank and you had a debit yep. card and you used the debit card to purchase yep. the ticket. How did that happen? How did that happen, Adam? <laughs> uh, they, what they thought, they thought it was going to be like when people go and buy gym memberships. And they're like, well, you know, in January of every year, you have this flood of people that go and start up gym memberships. And I mean, even even when gym memberships and then never use it, yeah, yeah. And then they never use it. And it's one of those like, um, even when gym memberships is like when you could do it from month to month and you could cancel any time. I right. think uh, from anecdotally, it's like I'm not the kind of person that's ever signed up for a gym membership. Oddly enough, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, from what <laughs> I've gathered, from what I've gathered, uh, the people that. Uh, if you had to cancel it, I don't know that it's the easiest thing. It's not impossible, like trying to cancel cable. Yeah, but it's not yeah. the easiest thing. They really try and keep you. Uh, on yeah, like, I think that they they the the part of the deal was negotiating for a year or six yeah. months because if you did it month to month, it was more cost pro- prohibitive. Yeah, and, or you're right. I mean, if you try to cancel, like yes, you could cancel. It's like a cell phone contract. Like yes, yeah, you can was- cancel, but you're going to pay a substantial fee or penalty fee, just like if you bounced a check or something. You know, like you're gonna you're gonna pay for that. There was uh, there was a comedian, and I think I mean, if anybody recognized him, he's probably I know he was in some of the Chappelle Show episodes. Um, uh, Christian Finnegan, I think I remember him mostly from uh, he was involved when VH1 was doing a lot of their I love the '80s, I love the '90s, um, mm. uh, those those kinds of programs. He was one. It of It wasn't those Ashy Larry, was it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I he, love Ashy Larry. <laughs> He he had a Comedy Central presents, and one of his one of his jokes he told that was one of my favorites of his of a comedian that no one actually knows was he talked about having a gym membership and the way that he uh, he just kind of let it be. He's like, I'm either going to go to the gym and use it, or I'm just going to consider it a fat tax if I don't go. <laughs> fat and ass. I was like, I think that's how a lot of he's like, I'll sign up for a gym membership, and even if I don't go, yeah. And so that's the thing. It's like. At a gym, if you have a thousand members, but only a hundred of them show up every month, right. you can run the gym relatively easy, and you don't have people like waiting in lines for stuff because right. you don't have to really accommodate a thousand people. They're just you have the income of a thousand people. But with the thing that they underestimated is the idea of going to a gym to work out or going to a movie theater <laughs> to sit down and be entertained for two hours are two yeah. very, very, very different things. People yeah, will that, go that's to a not movie like theater. a blueprint for success. Yeah, it's like, oh, it'll be just like going to a gym. It's like, that yeah. model does not work for people like you or I. Because even though, like, we may, I, I have belonged to a couple of gyms, and you do, you get that membership and you use it, but then you just stop doing it, but you let it, you just kind of let it lapse and keep going. Yeah, like, you, you just, just keep, keep paying. paying for it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I can see how, like, if they were thinking that that was the model, then sure. But if if you're like us and, you know, like all we got to do is show up at a place uh, and then just, you know, punch in a couple numbers on our phone. I mean, they made it so convenient. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like if I had to go and ride an exercise bike to keep the movie going, then they might have been, you know, they might have made out like bandits in that case. But yeah, they might have had something there. Yeah, that was not the case. It's like all I had to do is sit down. I'm really good at sitting down. That's oh, yeah, me too. Now. And it's right. Same flawlessly. (laughs) <laughs> like I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah, so that's movie pass. I mean, they 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 tried to um I guess like they're like like you have to be at the theater was like that was a good idea. 
That was like one of where well, they should have had like 10 other things, maybe <laughs> like they should have just congratulated themselves after that one really good idea and like went live. It's like, oh, and, my God, Johnson, you did it, man. That's that. Let's not even listen to any other thing. No, this is it. This is the one. Nobody this would, is where nobody everyone. would ever just go to a, a like, you know, just go there and uh, uh, like. Yeah, like you're of course. Like if you're planning to go see a movie, it's not a big deal to just go sit in the parking lot before. No. <laughs> Cuz you're just guess what? You're going to be there anyway. Yeah, if you were going to do like it, now would be the time to do a movie pass. Cuz no one goes to the movie theater. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you were going to be a movie true. movie pass, you were ahead of you were ahead of your time by about 5 years. Yeah. <laughs> but man, that is one of those things that in in 15 to 20 years nobody's going to believe exists. No. Even five years later, like I just can't believe, like you, you just so many people I know experienced Movie Pass because the word of mouth was so terrific. It's like, hey, I know this seems too good to be true, but it does work. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you I can mean, basically see an unlimited number of movies for just I, like ten bucks paid, a month. I paid ten dollars a month for eleven months that I used it, and I saw fifty-five movies. So I essentially paid two dollars a movie to see movies yeah. for a year. Yeah, it was a cool time, man. It was Definitely. amazing. Cause and, and then yeah. and like I wish I wish they would have just exited gracefully, like it wouldn't have been like here let's try and let's it's like because you I mean you'd get up at you know six in the morning, and you're like oh what movies are available today? And you're like uh yeah. you could see Baby's Day Out at a theater yeah. four hundred miles yeah. from you, but only you're right it's got to be four hundred miles away. And it's no, and three instead o'clock. of just being like oh we you know the gamble didn't pay off. Yeah, no like, they they kept trying to like trick people investors into like believing in them no, still no. if we do this no no here, no we we got this we're gonna be fine <laughs> here's what we'll do we'll keep it going we'll have people pay for the service but now we won't let them go to the movies <laughs> it's a foolproof plan this is going to work perfectly what we'll do yes. is we'll have we'll take people's money and we will give them nothing in return <laughs> We think it's but really going to catch on. they would have to do on. that for two to three years to break even, <laughs> even still. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to work, Dave. I think they're going to catch on pretty quick, and I think yeah. they'll probably cancel. I I remember reading just the buttloads of of think pieces and online. I was just like, this is crazy, right? There's no way this is going to work. And now they found like some sort of like, you know, they have these passes nowadays, but they're not nearly. Yeah, as as enticing as a deal. Like, I think you you pay a certain amount and you can have two or three movies a month or something. Which yeah, on under normal circumstances is probably all anybody's gonna go to. Like, even if you're an avid moviegoer, two or three times a month is still a lot. Oh yeah, and that's gonna be in like your summer times. You know, you where there two or three movies comes out in a week, you might be want you might want to see. But just through the most of the year, that's a lot of times to go to the movies. So I don't know it, but that 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 came too late. And then COVID. And that, that's I think that's how we're going to end this episode. <laughs> yes. And then the world then stopped COVID. being sane. And now we're recording from <laughs> caves underneath a, a volcano. No, this was this was just a fun little uh, experiment that I, I enjoyed a lot. I love uh, the give, Fireside give us, Chat. Yeah, Fireside Chats is going to have to make a, a return. I don't know if the next move. Well, we're coming up on the, you know, horror movie season very soon and we we have already made plans to stretch that out a bit further than we yes. did last year because we had so much fun picking these horror movies and and you know inviting guests and talking about them and we we would love to stretch that out a bit more so i think 
if that's that sounds good to you, then great. It's coming. <laughs> we, it is coming. Sometime in September, we're gonna really be like cranking it up. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have more shows coming your way. Uh, we still have those movies. Like I know we still want to do Masters of the Universe <laughs> and and uh, Red Sonia. Like those 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 are definitely still the things that we're gonna we're gonna talk about. And even I had prepared for a movie that. Did, you know, we, I teased. did we even advertise the last movie that we were going no, to? No, we didn't. Okay, no, I and I think say, we should stop. We people? really should stop doing that from now on because there's you know, so many times that we just don't follow through. <laughs> people who are like, hey, did, did that episode ever come out? Like the people <laughs> that like I'm a imagining. a gigantic fuck you to anyone who like tries to give us like. The people you know, that I'm I mean, imagining in my head that are actually like, hey, these guys are cool. <laughs> you should listen to their podcast. I hear they're right. going to do this movie next. Yeah, no, we didn't. No, they're not. No, they're not. We watched it. We, we came up with we notes. Tried. And then we yeah, we, said, nah. we totally watched it and made notes, but we, we swerved at the last second. But well, I think we'll get back more into because I, I like that whole string of themes for a month. It was yes. fun. And some of them were really fun. Some were a bit of a stretch, but some were a lot of fun. We we have kind of we have a loose framework for a plan. Yes. So that next summer, because we both have we have young families, we do things. There are vacations yeah. and there are camps and there's there's a we lot. We have of a things. busy summer schedule for summer, sure. Summer summer is even though summer should be time to just chill out. There's a lot of stuff going on in summer. And it's a lot easier during the summer months to just become kind of lackadaisical about a lot of things. But in in getting back in the saddle, we have somewhat of a plan. So even if we aren't actively putting out stuff, we will fool you with things that we may have previously recorded that you will not know how were previously recorded. You'll do, yeah, like, like how would you guys like to just like out of nowhere have an hour long conversation about how Adam and I feel? You know the direction of the DC, you know, yeah. universe is taking. Like you know, just like an hour talking about how we feel like that's going for them, or where how do how do we feel about the future of the MCU? Like like a little hour conversation about that. That's your that's your fireside chat. We'll have we'll have all kinds. We're gonna we're gonna build up a reservoir of content. So that in the summer months, when we are more apt to tease you with things that we're not actually going to do, we'll have stuff to give you. So it's not like, hey, summer went by and I didn't get to hear from the Cinemasters. Yeah, I like I like that reservoir analogy. I mean, it's just a deep belly button reservoir filled with peanut butter that your dog's yeah, going to lick out. Exactly. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> think, think of She's the... has got uh, like a weird window into my... <laughs> see, what, what I going would... On? What I liken it to in my head is the uh, Scrooge McDuck money bin. Mm. These I just I have just this this piled up uh, of all of these podcasts we've done that I can just dive into and yeah. swim around in them, no matter what their physical status is, because you can't Except actually swim I, in coins. You would. Die. I like your idea, but what if instead of the money bin we had a belly button? And instead it, of coins, we had peanut butter. It's and instead a, it's of Uncle a, Scrooge, we had a dog's tongue. It's a very <laughs> liquid analogy in so much that you could, either one, I mean, is really, it's the same thing. It's just the same thing. I could turn that analogy into that. Any analogy you give me, I oh, can yeah. turn it into the peanut butter, belly button crevice, dog licking. Yeah, that's totally. I mean, it's whatever. However, I would, however, I would like to describe what is classically understood as any kind of reservoir. Yeah, yeah. the Hoover Dam. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> belly button. Boom. Belly button. <laughs> peanut butter. Dog. Bam. Oh, I totally can see that. I would even hold tours so yeah. that people could come and see this. We could we could arrange that. I mean, we could probably we now that the summertime is over and the kids are not doing football and soccer, whatever you know, gymnastics. Now now we could now we could fill a crevice of, with peanut butter and let our dogs lick yeah. it. Yeah, we have that kind of time now. We do <laughs> because the world is insane, and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> nope. So. Uh, what I should do is just I should sit here and we can have conversations about movies, and I I think I I am I'm gonna tee it up one more time. I'm just gonna I'm gonna tee it up for the folks at home that we yep. we are going to do. I think the next thing we should do is I think we should yep. do a suicide Suicide Squad review. Yeah. I would That'll love be that. The next I, thing we do, I think we should do that because we we have given we I mean the summer this summer was uh, hopefully by a lot of people was gonna be the return to normalcy for movies and it began that way but you know things have kind of gone sideways i mean you got the new free guy movie came out uh suicide squad like they did not do big summer numbers like not like they would have done if it you know people were actually able to go to theaters and not worry about getting sick and dying (laughs) the uh um, the last thing i read about the james bond which is supposed to be coming out what is that thanksgiving this year (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, Thanksgiving in uh, uh, some year. It'll come out Thanksgiving in some, some year. year. Yeah. Um, that one, I think that one should do really, really well, ultimately, because uh, well, from what I was reading, they only need to make $900 million to break even. And that's a thing that should be really easy. That's a pretty conservative people are number going for, to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, they should have sold it to Apple when they had the chance. Yeah, it's like, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe you guys kind of totally screwed the pooch on this one because yeah i don't, I don't think they're, they're gonna make nine hundred million dollars studios are gonna shudder over this uh, won't uh, sooner or later unfortunately oh, they, i mean they didn't uh, nobody learned a lesson after tenet did they no they sure didn't and i i would argue that that movie would not have done huge oh it was never gonna do, no it was never gonna do that much money it's just too weird uh, it's just too hard like, to follow I, no, I don't even know what's going on here this is this should guy, i go see this movie ah should I run backwards out of the theater pretending that I did see it? I don't yeah. know. I sh- I don't know what I should do. That's a deep cut if you do. Oh, if you did see it, you totally got what I was talking about. And if you didn't, totally you're just that. as lost as the people who also saw it. Just really disappointing with that movie. And I it it it's amazing to me that they looked he was so headstrong and bullish about saving that for theaters. Yeah. Oh, like, you're going to have to see this in theaters. The theatrical business. Like, no, no, this, this was not it. Um, there was a lot about the movie that I liked, but it, it gets into the architect matrix kind of stuff where you're like, no, I, you know, Hey, I really appreciate the way a Nolan, uh, Nolan, uh, Christopher Nolan. Sorry. I keep like, why can't I think of his name? Nolan. Ryan. I really like, no, I love the way Nolan Ryan approaches filmmaking. It really is interesting. He brings I know, the but heat. I do. I like. I like the, the the attention to detail that you get from a Christopher Nolan movie, and how he seems to throw himself in a movie. But he very much is a niche director, I think. By this point, I mean, Batman was the outlier, you know. And then, and then he had some success with. Uh, uh, oh gosh, what was it like? Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Like yeah, that that uh, was successful. Inception. Yeah, Inception was pretty successful, and even um, even the movie 
with uh, McConaughey where he went to the Interstellar. Interstellar. Like that, I think that was a, maybe his last theatrical success, honestly. Uh, and, I, and I do love that movie, by the way. I think that was a cool movie. The, well, the thing, the thing about Nolan is that he's, he's just, he's a very, I don't even know what the right, what the right word for the kind like of Dunkirk did not do anything for me. Like Dunkirk was just the most tense thing I've ever seen. And he, using like sneaky underhanded met like ways to make things more tense by, uh, you know, putting in like a, a grating sound effect or something yeah. for a long period of time. Like, yeah, the, it's tense already. Cause like people are just escaping from sinking ships all movie long. But when you add in that annoying sound effect that just stretches out forever and ever and ever, I know they did the same thing with there will be blood, you know, like yeah. Laura and I picked up on that. Like, wow, oh God, like this movie's, you know, why are they doing that? Like, I'm, it's robbing me. And you don't even notice at first that they're doing it, but then it's it just goes a bit too long. You're like, oh, they're pumping that in. I th- that I thought that was just like the the sound my body was making from all the stress. Like, oh, you're trying to make me uh, willfully uncomfortable. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations. Why would I not want to do that while I'm trying to sit and enjoy something? That seems like yeah, a good Dun- idea. Dunkirk, although technically an um, interesting movie to watch, the uh, you 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 got to be amazed by like the way the movie looks, but it's just not an enjoyable watch. Well, he he. I'll take nineteen fourteen all day long uh, yeah. over that. Well, because he what he did was all of his other movies. He had the freedom to kind of move about the world that he created. Even with Batman, <clears throat> there. I mean, you know the there were elements of it, you know, character names, locations, things, storylines that he had to stay true to, but he still had so much room to move around and tell his story. And Dunkirk was not that way. I mean, like there's elements of it, but it's like really, it's like you're, you've picked a historical film, things that happen. You have some creative license to add the drama in here, but realistically you don't have the freedom to just move about however it can't be like, well, yeah. And then they had jetpacks, and then they started fighting with laser <laughs> swords. And I was like, no, that didn't happen. You can't just make that up. Remember so, when the ship reverse sunk and it like raised to the top. Remember when there was Amazing. a black hole and it pulled people into an alternate dimension where they were all inside out. And it was just really, they were weird. behind bookshelves. Yeah. I was awesome. I was like, what? No. Huh? I don't get this. I, I do say that was one of the weirdest endings to a movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I hate this or what, but it just feels weird. It's like, I'm not, what is, this is making me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, but, I do. Yeah. It kind of was like, a, like an uncle was watching over you or something when we, yeah. Like, and not in a good way. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, you got about an hours or an hour or so of just strict Terminator two talk and blockbuster just putting a cap on that whole, you know, movies that exemplify a, what a blockbuster, like yeah. a summer blockbuster was. I think we picked two amazing ones. Um, there were some good candidates, and maybe we could, you know, toss a few of these in next year. Like, I certainly know of a couple of others that would really fit the bill of, you know, just, just a sensational summer blockbuster, just tent pole. You know, now, now everything's just like the comic book movies. It's basically yeah. all it is. And mm. IPs. You throw in an IP here and there. Um, and I'm not complaining because I love those. I, I am here for the comic book movies forever and ever and ever. Like, just keep them coming. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we don't, we're not like creating new franchises and, and building on those worlds like we used to. We're just not. 
And I don't know, like who's the, like who's going to be the filmmakers that are going to like maybe bring that back a little bit more. That's I a, feel that's like a that Denis Villeneuve or whatever, I feel like he could have been like one of those guys. He seemed to have really interesting things to, to show us uh, that in a in another decade could have became franchises, like an arrival or something like that. Yeah. That could have been a franchise in another time period. Uh, we're just not we're just not going to see those anytime soon. Like as long as these like MCU movies and stuff and, you know, DC to an extent, as long as they're making money, they just we're just not going to see a change. So, and I'm beginning to think we'll never get to see the sequel to Mask with Eric Stoltz. <laughs> I want to see the Mask movie from like the 85 cartoon, man. Bring that. Bring that to me. You know, Paramount, you guys. What's the, going I, on? I, I feel like there I feel like there's been talk of that. I feel like that's There there was, there was. Yeah, there there there's all those uh you know, talks and stories of the writers room who like we got all these toys at our disposal like how can we make more transformer movies with all of these other toy franchises there's supposed keep to be a trying gi joe yeah thundercats mask uh, some other stuff too and i don't i know they were trying to make it a world but with gi joe kind of flaming out again not really its fault but you know e- i that snake that uh snake eyes movie like even in a, a non-covid world that's probably not going to do much more business than like that original gi joe movie with yeah. channing tatum did you know, like it, it kind of scratched a nostalgic itch, but you know, it just never really. When they brought material. in the rock, it never went on. Yeah, they brought in the rock, better. and then Bruce Willis, and you're like, oh, this is going to get even better, and it just sort of didn't. <laughs> it was like it was a little better because it had those guys, but it was like, oh, okay. yeah, can't help but just be better. But yeah. it's like when you take like a Yankees team, and you're like, oh, well, the Yankees plus the national league's best player from last year has got to make you more a formidable team. Doesn't always work that way. No, you, know, you just keep adding in all these awesome elements. Doesn't mean like you're going to win more games. Not always. Sometimes it does. Sometimes George Steinbrenner liked to do that back in the nineties. He sure did. He sure did. Well, here we are back to the nineties. We're back. It was full uh, circle back to the nineties. But all of that's just to say that I had fun talking with you, uh, in this impromptu fireside chat about Terminator two and, in another, you know, just in a greater, bigger picture, summer blockbusters. And uh, you, you guys got an additional, like, 35 to 40 minutes of content of us just talking about movie stuff. Just cool stuff. You know, random cool things. Dudes. So, you know, well, like it or not, you'll hear some more of that. But, hey, even if you're not a huge fan of that and you get it, it's better than nothing at all, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Because that's kind of our, our summer months are very dry. <laughs> We have good intentions. Like we'll we, talk. We, yeah, we meant to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, just didn't at all. Just didn't pan out because of no. the availability of everybody. But we may record stuff in the fall and winter, and then release it next summer, and you yes. won't even know. You won't even know. I the might difference. even pretend like, yeah, it could be in December. Just take like, that oh, part out or leave it I'm, in. Leave it in so that people will wonder. Always, if we're doing that to them. Record a podcast about uh, <laughs> Men in Black. Be like, yeah, while we're recording this, it certainly is June, and I'm wearing shorts right now. <laughs> and it's very, the temperature outside is, whoo, boy, it's been a toasty one. It's definitely not the winter months. You won't even know. You'll be completely bamboozled. That seems like a fair deal, man. Yeah. Well, everybody... Thanks for listening. 
I had a good time. Adam, my co-host of the North, as always, it's been fun talking with you about movies. If there's one constant with this podcast, it's just that we just love talking about movies. We do. And sometimes we like to talk about inventions that we would love to see happen someday in the that year we 2000. we'll see someday. <laughs> and t-shirt ideas. We, yeah. we cranked out a, an, a, just a great t-shirt idea there. Merch. You'd be one of those people to talk about merch. Merch that our listeners, our fans in, in Vietnam will have no clue people what we're are talking clamoring about. clamoring to buy. Mm-hmm. But I'll see you next time, guys. See you later. Hope you're having a good summer. <laughs>